Hiring the wrong executive costs you time and money. Leveraging work psychology, Spear Consulting helps you hire the right executive so you can focus on growing your business. For a free quote, visit spiritmco.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Virtuous Heroes podcast. Uh, very excited to be able to connect with you today, Akila. And I know you've got uh, tons of wisdom to be able to share with our guests today. Our first question is always, who are you? Absolutely. Well, um, I always reference myself as a vessel first, but in that I'm a mom, a wife, and a daughter. Uh, also, by profession, I am an executive within HR, specifically talent acquisition and recruitment. Um, definitely very rooted and grounded um, in the foundations of servant leadership. And so I carry that throughout my career and my interactions with the world every day. Great, great. So you said that you're uh, a wife and a, and a daughter. Awesome. Did I hear mom or no? Yes, you did hear mom. <laughs> okay, great. How many kids do you have? Two wonderful girls. Uh, one is an upper teenager, we call it, and then the other is just getting into high school. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so yeah, you got your hands full at this point in your yeah. life, for sure. Yeah, they're good girls, though. They're very good girls. Um, you know, no complaints. Um, I, I just make sure I try to pray over them every day. Um, even if we are apart, the, the, the covering is, is what I believe has carried, carried them throughout the, the things in the world that we can't control. So they're good girls, not, not a handful, really. <laughs> yeah, I have a 10 and 7-year-old, so I haven't gotten broken into those teenage years yet. Uh, you know, it can be difficult, uh, but they're two boys, too. So they're just, you know, as rambunctious as you can get. And uh, Of course, of and, course. Um, but nonetheless, we are also expecting. Um, so, oh, uh, and this is our fir my first in my marriage to my wife, Hannah. And uh, mm -hmm. so we're really, really excited. We're also praying that, you know, we would be blessed with a baby girl to add some oh. wisdom to this frat house that we've been running over here. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, thank you for your uh, prayers that, you know, the, Absolutely. We'll, we'll we just want a healthy baby, but if, if I'm being honest, you know, that in my heart of hearts, I really, really want a, a baby girl. And my, my parents have 22 grandkids. And oh, so, wow. yeah, I'm the fifth of six kids. And there's like, I, I don't even know the number, but it's, I think it's north of 13 boys of those 22. So it's heavily tilted towards, towards yes. male oriented. So that's why we're always trying to, you know, bring more girls into that situation. Too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm in a woman strong family on both sides, even my husband's side and definitely my side. So I, I could appreciate the opposite of that <laughs> for sure. So how, uh, Keila, can you talk through, walk us through your, your leadership journey and how you got to the uh, leadership position that you're in today? Oh, wow. And it has been a journey. Um, so I'll start with, um, you know, as, as early as high school, um, my mom has, she now is a retired nurse of 47 years. Um, I grew up in a two parent household. So I always saw, you know, collective um, progress amongst two, you know, two individuals who were bound not only in love, but, um, you know, just uh, how they wanted to navigate in the world and how they treated people. 
And so foundationally, that that started first in my career. Uh, one, observing my mom in the nursing field. Uh, uh, naturally, that is what I said I was going to do, thought I wanted to do all the way up until the point HR found me uh, in my sophomore year in college. And uh, at that time, I changed my major um, from nursing to HR. But again, foundationally, you know, I, I've been blessed with opportunities to witness my grandparents even um, always embedded in community service. Um, for my mother, it was community health or what they call it today, public health, right? Um, but that is where my foundation started. I can remember as, as early as seven, sitting in nurse manager meetings. You can't do that anymore. You know, take your kids to work at the hospital. But uh, back then you could. I remember my father dropping me off from school. I sit there with my mom, just be there listening, observing, absorbing, really. Uh, at that time, I didn't realize what was being planted in me uh, in terms of the seeds, but watching how how community met them at work, how they truly, genuinely liked one another when they were doing their report outs, how they talked about, you know, their jobs and, you know, the next day to come and how that teamwork was solid in there. And so I think that's where my career foundation started. Now that I look back on it, right, when you're 17, 18, 19, even probably in your 30s, if I can be honest, you don't think about those things until you go through something or you experience a moment in your career or have an epiphany where it's like, you know what, I've always been embedded in this. I've always been embedded in community service, community health, public health, and at the end of the day, just helping people. So um, from college standpoint, you know, that journey took me through the nursing route, um, and then eventually, like I said, HR found me. And in, in that finding, what prompted HR to find me, I believe, was that I learned how human services was a large component of human resources. Two different you know, topics in college, whenever you go and look at the, the catalog of classes and programs you can take, both of those came up. Not once did I ever think about human resources, but I always thought about human services. So I started out with um, within pre-human uh, services, pre-nursing program. I'm originally from Kansas City, Kansas. So uh, naturally, my, my first desire was to attend a Spelman College my entire time in high school, you know, Spelman College. Um, um, but then these things called out-of-state fees happen, and you learn that college costs money, <laughs> even with a two-parent household. And so I ended up going to Kansas State University. Don't regret it one bit. I had an awesome experience there. Um, still stayed embedded and closely rooted to the things that that grounded me, um, like the the United uh, Black Voices Gospel Choir on campus. I joined the service-oriented sorority, which is still an active membership to this day. We focus on service. We focus on the love of community and the love of helping people. It's not just a, a, a college thing. It carries throughout your entire life. So I've always embedded myself in that way um, in activities on campus. And so lo and behold, at that time, before I changed majors, um, I was still in nursing and how I got to Texas, which is where I lived for 23 years after, you know, kind of leaving the nest in Kansas uh, City and at K-State, I made my way to University of Texas at Arlington. And so there is where I kind of had that epiphany moment when I was uh, actually supporting a patient at the hospital, I worked as a CNA 
And um, there was a registered nurse there and um, she would just watch me study. I literally would work the 11P to 7A shift. I knew I had at least two hours to get a good nap in, get a good meal in and read and then get to my next class. Um, but she would see my, my routines and she'd see my, I guess my determination. I, I never knew she was watching me. Um, but she saw how I interacted with people, how I treated everyone. And again, this is all a result from, you know, all the things that I've seen growing up foundationally. I didn't know any other way to, to show up in the world, but servant leadership, because that is what I saw my entire life. Um, and not that it was all peaches and cream, you know, you experience things that are like, gosh, why did I have to go through that? Um, but then you come out because of that foundational um, work and groundwork that was laid. But this registered nurse saw something in me at that moment. Um, and there was a situation where there was a patient and I guess she was just post-op. And as a CNA, you literally are just doing the basic things, right? Like checking their vitals, making sure they don't need anything, serve, being of service. And that's what I like to do until the real nursing job came, uh, so I thought. And there was this one particular patient, it was around 11, I worked again, the 11P to 7A shift, and around about, I don't know, maybe 2 a.m., 1, 1 or 2 a.m., it was my time to do rounds, and this individual um, started talking to someone in her room, and she wasn't talking to me. And I would constantly remember looking back in the corner and just asking, is there anything you needed? Um, lo and behold, that patient had just been post-op. Um, long story short, she was trying to ambulate or get up and I knew she couldn't. Um, and she actually fell on me. They mm -hmm. train you how to brace yourself, right? And I was real thin uh, back then, no no meat on my bones, but I, I handled it and, um, you know, later, probably about five minutes after me, just kind of just something just said, hang in here with her, just be with her, even though she was speaking um, to someone that clearly she thought was in the room, but I could not see. Um, this is a very real story, <laughs> but it is where it was the turning point of my career and, and pointed the, traje the trajectory of me going into HR and really being human services oriented in HR, which is why I said what I said between the differences earlier. But um, lo and behold, the registered nurse that had kind of been mentoring me at that time, um, next thing I know, crash carts are coming in the room. I had no idea what was going on. I just knew that I was there and it in a blink of an eye, she coded. So um, I later learned that um, she apparently was bleeding internally and the nurse came to me at the very end of my shift. I was getting ready to put my backpack on. She said, honey, if you had not gone in there, she would not be with us right now. And that was extremely heavy for me. Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, oh, my goodness, my mom deals with this every single day, possibly, right? And, and it takes a special person to be a nurse. So I always have an affinity for nurses. Um, you know, that's probably why the full circle of me actually working in healthcare. Right now I work at Atrium Health Navison, uh, serving as their ADP in talent acquisition, but I, community health and public health have always been in me. I mentioned that seven-year-old journey, just watching my mom, but then everything around me, 
always spoke to community and public health. And so um, that passion all built up until that one moment. And I said, you know what? This is not for me. That is too great of a burden for me to bear. Mm -hmm. I could not have a career as a nurse knowing that I had to take care of someone and watch after them and the possibility of them slipping away. It It just did something to me, but in a positive way. It just let me know how real and how powerful um, the most high was at a very early young adult age, right? Where I've seen the world a little bit. I've paid a few bills. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm doing something right. And um, that totally set the trajectory for me to look at, look at life a little bit different. Um, the next day, I changed my major to HR. And I followed that mentor's advice and the rest is history. Even, um, you know, though I changed my major from nursing, I still always ended up in public health space or community health in some way. So over the years, I've mentored at uh, organizations for youth. Um, I've spoken with people in workforce readiness programs who've gone through hard times, who have been trying to get on their feet. I still keep in touch with a lot of them to this day. And a lot of that work in my speaking engagements was just seen by individuals who were themselves working in executive opportunities in the corporate world. So along with the skills that I built along the way, operationally, strategically, um, people saw that servant leadership even when I didn't know they were looking. And so that allowed doors to open for me um, in management, excelled at that, and just very diligent about being a servant leader, even before it was this big, you know, thing. A lot of people didn't go around saying servant leadership in the late 90s or early 2000s, right? We knew what it was, but there was no name to it. There was no consultation around it. There was no package. Um, And so just knowing that that kind of helped me go further in my career um, is, is really a blessing. It let me know that our steps are truly ordered number one, um, and that he truly qualifies the call. And that is where the term for me in terms of how I lead, how I mentor, how I work, even in the difficult days at work, and you have a lot when you're in healthcare, um, it never deters me from staying grounded to, to serve people, serve the people that report to me, that don't report to me, Um, and those that are my peers. And so that's how I've excelled in my career. I've been fortunate to have amazing mentors. Um, Some I still consider mentors to this day, even though I'm far older, I still can call on them and they can still pour into me. And now I can pour into them because they're generationally, they're kind of disconnected, but I serve as that vessel. That's why I said, who am I? I'm a vessel first. I always try to stay focused on that, but that's that's kind of my journey in the career. And now I'm with Atrium Health Navicent, like I said, probably one of the best, and I'm not just saying this, I truly mean it, one of the best um, work environments, leadership and camaraderie that I have ever had in my career, ever. Um, and so it's so fitting that the most high would put me in this place in this particular moment once those certain lessons were learned in jobs before then you know so that's that's kind of how i ended up where i am now have you been feeling unfulfilled you want to be happy but just continue to struggle one of the best ways to experience joy is by caring for the homeless 
a charity I've grown to love, River of Light, food rescues a million meals per year for the needy in Chicago. Imagine how that make you feel, knowing that you're helping feed children and veterans. To make a tax-deductible donation, visit riverlightchicago.org. Again, riverlightchicago.org. No one should go to bed hungry. Love it. Well, thank you for, for sharing in that regard. I'm curious, do you know, and I'm sorry for the back-to-back longer-winded <laughs> responses, but um, just curious about, uh, you know, as you talked about your own college experience, completely different than what my college experience was. Uh, I was totally self-centered. I was not focused on other people. I was totally focused on filling Chris's cup before filling anyone uh, in that regard. Um, so it leads me to wonder if what your own faith journey was of of like when you specifically like had that call was that at the same time that you were saying about like recognizing the heaviness of like what you were doing and and you know ultimately like people transitioning to other like to mm-hmm. to other like spiritual planes or where mm-hmm. where did kind of like your faith walk kind of kick oh out? wow i know when my faith walk began was truly on february 9th 1999. That's the day I found out my father passed. And I was still living in Kansas. We had made plans. Um, We had worked all the plans out for me to go ahead and move down to University of Texas at Arlington or Texas. You know, this is his baby girl moving to a state all by herself. And my dad and I were very close. He was a Vietnam vet. So, of course, he had challenges. We didn't know what things were called back then, but PTSD um, but, but he talked about those things. He, he was very, um, you know, it was weird. People would say, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm watching C-SPAN with my daddy. Who does that? You know, at, at 10 and 11, you, you know what C-SPAN is. It's like watching a version of the news that just talks about books. That was entertaining for him. <laughs> and so, uh, we were very, we had a lot of, um, I guess, uh, a lot of interests that were similar in the humanities and the arts. And it was only something he and I shared because he was totally opposite. You know, people in the world and even family viewed him in a totally different light. And so I think that is why I say that was probably when my, my faith journey began, because it was it was a knowing you have um, versus a knowing that the world has about something or someone. And I literally felt it in that moment that I heard that news. And so um, initially I was not going to move. I said, I can't leave my mom. She would be here all by herself in Kansas. Even though I have a brother, older brother, um, there's a nurturing factor in daughters that will never go away, Hmm. ever. And so when you have that, it doesn't matter if it's your mom, your dad, your brother, cousin, anyone, if you feel as though you're needed, um, I feel like instinctively I was drawn to stay rooted right where I was. But thank God for my mother, because she said, this, not, this is not what you all worked out. This is not what you planned. You're not supposed to just stay stagnant here. You need to get out. You need to finish your plans um, because that's what, you know, he would have wanted you to do. And that's what I did. I literally uh, that August um, and I think on on. The day I found out that following two weeks later, I remember sitting in an English lit class at K-State and we literally had a writing assignment and it just said, write your feelings. And it was almost like, that's a way that I, I, I release. I write and um, I journal. 
And I was doing this even when I was I, 14, as early as 14 years old. But it was so interesting that when I went back to class uh, after the funeral, after everything, um, it still sits with you and you don't know what grief and to grief is. Um, so you just keep going. You just keep going. And the, in the moments where I felt like and found out that, you know what, I really need to sit with this for a minute and I need to sit with it in a way that I really deal with the death, right? Um, you know, honestly and transparently, I can say I didn't really deal with the healing part of that um, until 20 years later. Wow. 41 years old. Um, so on that journey, there was so many things that happened. You know, I became a mom. I graduated with my undergrad. I graduated with my master's. And I was just doing, 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 doing all these years. And at one point, something came over me. I, I remember um, being at work in my last organization that I worked for. And it was a song that came on. Um that that's called deliver me and uh it just it hit me like a ton of bricks i don't know what it was i don't even call that an epiphany um i knew who was walking with me in that very moment maybe his spirit but if nothing else i knew it was the most high and i knew i was surrounded that day and i was in my car on the lunch break and i just said i have to deal with this so he can elevate me for the next level and so that's what I did. And lo and behold, everything just took off after that. So my faith walk is is not, I mean, it's, it's funny. Some people say, oh, it's kind of like a moving target. It was never a moving target. I was always focused, right? I, I always, the relationship with the Most High is what's important to me, not the fanfare, not the fancy stuff. I was never um, interested in getting wrapped up in things that that had to be commercialized around around my relationship with the father ever um, because that's not what I saw in my parents my father wasn't that way my mother wasn't that way my grandparents weren't that way they showed through their actions and so um, a large part of that healing was a realization of that and so I just started applying that to my career and when I did that's when things really started to just skyrocket and it wasn't anything that was a physical or visceral notice of anybody that nobody would have said oh something's different about you you're doing this different good job keep up the good work it wasn't that it was just the knowing had changed within me the older i got in maturity with that relationship so that drove so much um not only personally but in my professional career as well hmm. could you and just to I think I'm picking up on what you're saying, but could you give me like, could you maybe drive that down to like a tangible example of how you were showing up differently that that might mm -hmm. resonate with people that are listening to this, that, that maybe may not know the most high thus far. And so they're yeah. serious, like, but what does that mean for someone to, you know, be able to have that level of faith and then it starts to like impact the way that they're showing up. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Awesome. I, and thank you for doing that because I'll get so passionate. I'll just keep going, <laughs> Chris, but definitely a prime example would be something as simple as how I respond to people at work. You know, when we were talking before, I was mentioning, you know, one of my vices were um, getting frustrated with people not taking the job as serious as I did. Right. And, and I felt like that in a lot of my jobs and it, I, I hadn't taken spiritual gifts assessments yet or any of that it was just 
It's like, why can't people just do what they're supposed to do? Um, that kind of frustration. But that was also my vice because I didn't know what they were dealing with. I didn't know what they had to come into work with and leave. You know, I didn't know what kind of battles they were fighting. And I think um, that's the kind of change I mean. And it wasn't, I've never been rude to anyone, always cordial, always tactful. But when it comes to work and being organized, my um, interactions were very quick, very like, okay, I'm about business and that's it, you know? And so people could probably see that my responses change when I started to understand that, hey, you know that that people could be dealing with, with just about anything. But when I was comfortable in knowing that everybody's not going to work the way you do. And that that is what I mean by that change. You know, that that literally changed how I showed up at work. It changed how I dealt with people who maybe did not work hard. It changed how I extended grace hmm. to people. Yes. Gotcha. So so ultimately like being able to it sounds like it's just a, an increase of empathy. Being yes. able to recognize uh, you know, that not everyone is in the same, you know, like mental space that you're at, or they may be even in, in, in places and ultimately like seeking to understand before kind of like making those judgments about like why, exactly. people, like, yeah, it's, it's ultimately being able to be set free from, you know, the judgments about why people are not, you know, yes. operating to the level that you expect them to be operating at. And then, then yes. that also opens the door for being able to ask the question of like, why, like what's going on with you? And exactly. instead of just like, all right, well, you know, whatever there, Jimmy's not operating, <laughs> Jimmy's not executing. Let's move on. It's like, wait a second, Jimmy's not operating. Like, well, what, how's it going, Jimmy? Like that's what's exactly happening right. with you that that's creating. That's that, exactly right? right. And you know what happened when I started, doing that when I when I did actually realize that <laughs> it's so funny the most I started putting me in places where I could pour into people and give them that lesson I, when I say it was truly it was if, if you it couldn't have been any clearer what was happening right um before I knew it I started getting asked to speak at you know I, I mentioned workforce readiness programs right talk to talk to the people this is what this group of women or men have been through, um, you know, talk to this group. These are a group of women that have, um, you know, have come out of horrible situations and they just don't have the confidence to push forward and know how to get jobs or even speak to people. They don't like speaking to people or they're, they're afraid, that fear. Um, that's what that helped me overcome. And the more I started doing that, more opportunities just like that kept coming. And I wasn't soliciting them. People would remember me from places. Um, they would hear from maybe a student that I helped on, on campus. Um, and in those moments, I wasn't doing it to say, oh, they're going to call me back one day. It never dawned on me. It, it was just natural. And, and so when I stopped thinking about, okay, well, why can't you pick this up right now and start saying, hmm, Walk me through your process and how you did that. Why did you do it that way? And then I could start pouring in from that standpoint. And that's why I love HR so much, especially talent acquisition, because you get to know people, you get to meet them where they are. Um, and I think that experience just, it was just all preparation. I, I tell you, it was, 
I've been training since day one and didn't even know it. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's how he works too. <laughs> so we, so you, you touched upon uh, the vices component. Curious mm -hmm. if you could, you maybe share about some of the virtues that you feel like you've been naturally gifted with to be oh, able to, God. you know, kind of inspire other people to, you know, virtuous leadership. Absolutely. Um, discipline, uh, self-discipline, um, hope, and I believe the versatility or ability to, to be flexible um, was, was in that list. And those are the ones that, that stood out the most. I think from all of those things came the charity, came, you know, the, the being able to be transparent with people and, and just help them release their fears about things just by simply you know, talking to them. And, um, you know, for me, I thought, oh, this is just the gift of HR gap. No, that's a different kind of gift. <laughs> and so being able to be put in situations where I can operate in that and pour into, it's just kind of elevated my awareness of those virtues. Um, and you, you know, you, you read about it, like I mentioned, you know, Proverbs 30, 31, you read about it, it's one of my favorite scriptures and you, you try to live up to that. But when you're always trying to do the doing right and not be done and to not let that that foundational work rest in you, you kind of miss the fact that well, you you do know you're already this is what he's preparing you for. And uh, so those are the virtues that, that I've identified that have come out of that. And, and they're still you know, they're still evolving because you evolve every day as a person. I don't care how many degrees you have, certifications you have and don't have. Um, if you meet a new person every day, you're evolving. And so I think that is why I'm in the career I'm in so that I don't lose that. The, I don't lose the notion that I'm here for that purpose, but so much more. And I think that's what my gift is in helping people see that in themselves. Could you uh, kind of same question that I'd asked you around uh, in the on the faith side of like how you show up differently, but specifically within the virtues, can you maybe take one of them and maybe give an example of how that plays out in the uh, in the workforce or in your in your daily work life? Absolutely. Um, gosh, the best one in HR, I'll go with versatility. You cannot be in HR and not be versatile. Um, if you are not, you probably won't be happy very long. I don't care if it's recruitment, benefits, compensation, um, employee relations, because it's a human services business. Yes. Really? You can be, see it on this way. I've been dealing with this my entire career. Yeah. yeah. You, uh, you, you have to be about the business of people. When they say the hands and feet, it can show up in many ways. And a lot of times, if you're really drawn to a career like HR, that's one of the ways. It's not the only way because, you know, it gives you mul multiple ways to operate in that. But I'd say versatility. An example of that would be um, I witnessed over and over again in the jobs I've had um, in the career I have now with Atrium Health Navicent that I am usually faced with situations where I have to go in, assess and not discount people's experiences. That's hard for a leader to do sometimes in corporate America or what, what have it. But if you're at certain levels, 
it's hard to do when you know that you have a bottom line to achieve or you have this, you know, you have this strategic goal to, to, to hit, but being versatile has benefited me because that versatility expands beyond the operational meetings, the strategic meetings. It's about the people for me. And so the assessing, the understanding what people's superpowers are. I tell my team, I talk about this all the time with my team. Everybody has a superpower. People call it superpowers. Some people call them administrative gifts. Some people call them spiritual gifts. Um, you know, you can call them all three, depending on, you know, what setting you're in. But everybody has something to offer. And when you're in a role where you can influence and, and kind of help drive and re-motivate and re-energize a person that has been burnt out from a job they've been doing uh, for so long, or maybe they haven't been doing it long, it's just the elements of the world, like the pandemic, like the unknowns that come in and suffocate what they love about that job. Um, you know, my versatility allows me to go in there and shake it up a little bit in a good way. It allows me to be that that person with the pan of rocks that's looking for gold to say, just keep shaking, keep shaking. You don't have to grind it yet, but just keep shaking. You are going to see the gold. Um, and, and sometimes you have to make that happen for yourself. So I think that's what vir that virtue has allowed me to do in my career. Um, and if I could not do that, I don't know that I would want to work. If that was not an opportunity, I would not be fulfilled in any job. So um, that's why I said this is probably one of the best organizations that embraces that with their with their own corporate cultures. You know, we create a space where all belong, um, healthcare and healing for all. Like they literally mean that, um, and and they operate accordingly. It's not just words and a nice little logo on the website. It's it's the truth, and and I appreciate and I respect that about them. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you for, for sharing on that. And yeah, as you're talking about versatility and the people component of human resources, I, I think the thing where I was going with is like, oftentimes when we, uh, uh, you know, having younger and, you know, we usually hire a younger workforce and, mm -hmm. and that may, that may not like our junior consultant position onboarding into spirit consulting usually are like guys, uh, you know, people that are coming right out of business school and uh, the it's like just having that awareness of when you're in the business of people, it's yeah. like it's not like we're creating widgets or it's like a manufacturing plan. It's like people, right. people got <laughs> issues. <laughs> people got lots of things going on. So, you know, just always being able to have that versatility to expect like to mm -hmm. expect the unexpected. And, you know, as much as you want to be able to plan, um, you always have to be able to have a, a plan B and, and know that it may not always go the, exactly the same way that you want to go. But I, I loved how, the, so that's where I was thinking. And ultimately, if I'm hearing you correctly, like it's that versatility of being able to like help people see their giftings and yes. to, like put them in those positions of being able to leverage those giftings to succeed in the workplace in that way. Yes. And that's it. That's it. And not only that, equip them to be able to do the same for somebody else discipleship mm. that's that's the goal that that's the people business i'm talking about um being able to empower them to even be comfortable to do it in any way that they feel is the most um the most fulfilling not only for themselves 
but that's going to be a benefit to somebody else that doesn't see what they now see. You know, I think that's that's amazing to me um, to be able to see that people will ask, you know, how do you measure your success? I look at the people that have worked under me. What are they doing now? They might be doing the same thing, but do they love it? And are they excelling at it? That's success. Um, or, you know, this person was here for one year. Now they're a manager. Next, you know, next they're trying to go for their master's, whatever that looks like for them. Um, that's that's success for me. And, and that's where that that's the outcome of being versatile. That's the outcome of operating in that virtue. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing in that way. Uh, so, uh, Akila, what's the, the biggest challenge that you're facing in your life right now? Oh, wow. Um, you know, uh, approaching being a mom of adults. <laughs> and it's not a challenge um, per se, but it is an adjustment. And, and it's because of what I mentioned before as a mom. And dads are nurturing too. I have a very nurturing, very supportive husband. So not to take anything away out there from the girl dads, which is what my husband is, or the boy dads, but um, I think everyone understands there's a certain nurturing capacity um, that we have as moms. Um, and, and moms can look like whatever to, 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 to different individuals. For me as a mom, um, that nurturing piece is such a good, it's a good but heavy responsibility. And I think the one thing, and I don't know that it's um, a troubling thing, um, but it's just something that I have to stay mindful of when I'm talking about being rooted and being grounded. It's one thing to say, okay, I'm rooted, I'm ground, ready to go. I've got my relationship with the Most High, we got this. And then you have to deal with that same dynamic and outlook when it comes to your children dating, getting married, getting careers themselves, you know, no longer needing you as a vessel in that way. That's the transition um, that I, I honestly am a pray through it every day. And, um, you know, I know that it will it will be what it's going to be in the best in the best way possible because of that praying over my children. But it is definitely um, probably one of the one things that that it doesn't keep me up at night, but um, it's the one thing that's on my mind almost every day. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, so let's take that to prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, uh, what came to mind was, I, I remember listening to this one talk by Dr. Wayne Dyer, who's now passed, but he had said that, like, you know, if you think about, like, putting, being able to operate with water, like, if you put your hand in and you try to grasp it, it's just going to flow out of your hand. But in essence, like, if you put your hand in the stream and just allow the water to be able to flow over and under your hand, it's like there we have the ability to be in the presence, you know? And so I think in the same way, like, like we have to be able to get to this place where we let go and let God be able to work in those scenarios. And I can imagine, you know, what you're saying of, of the, the frustration of like, you know, the, the relationship is changing, you know, before you, you were probably more of the center of everything that they had in their lives. But as they start to move into, you know, teens and being adults that that they, they may not need you in the same way that they've needed you before. And there is probably some grieving that you have to go through while you're walking through that. So, Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to 
um, open Akila's hand and allow her to be a vessel for her daughters in that way, um, that, that she's going to find that the more that she continues to let go and give them to you, the more that in essence she will be able to receive grace and give away that grace to be that much more impactful in their lives in this season. And uh, Lord, we also pray for our guests or for the, for the audience that are listening today. Um, Akila shared a lot of uh, heavy stuff today, and I'm very appreciative of that. But specifically, we pray that anyone listening today that would be able to receive that same gift of versatility, of empowerment in leadership, being able to recognize and discern what, what people's gifts are, and that, Lord, that people listening today, that they would be empowered with a supernatural grace to be able to quickly discern people's strengths and to be able to start putting people into those positions of power to leverage those strengths so that they continue to walk in their divine destiny that you've set them up for. <clears throat> and, Lord, we we also pray that, you know, as Akila was also being able to share about you know, lacking in empathy, lacking in compassion before being able to start walking with you. That Lord, that you, this today would be an awakening within people's souls. That as they listen to Akilah's words, that they would recognize, huh, maybe I have not been as present or aware of what's going on with my team. And to take that opportunity to, to see the needs of people that they're people first and then a team and then a business, but to be able to see individuals' needs and to recognize that and to be present for that, to, be, to offer that kindness and love that only you can give to be able to give that away. And so, Lord, we, we pray this through the mighty name of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, amen, amen, amen. Amen. That was good, Chris. That was awesome. Thank you. No, thank you. And uh, thank you all for uh, being a part of the uh, Virtuous Heroes podcast where we inspire virtuous leadership. And Akila, we look forward to continuing the dialogue with you as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I've been blessed. Hey, Chris here. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To continue to grow in virtue, will you please subscribe to the Virtuous Heroes podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify? Or you could also visit us on the web at www.spiritmco.com. That would be tubular. Hope you have an awesome day.